Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow! Did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com/acast and use code acast for twenty percent off your first purchase. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for fifty to eighty percent less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at fifty dollars luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. This is an apostrophe podcast production. Here is one little question that has no simple answer. How does being alone bring us closer? My name is Peg Fong. I'm a journalist and an educator. Come join me as we explore loneliness together. When your sole reason for being is to be a secondary character to a cat, it's understandable that you might have a lot of angst. But what are you really then if the main character in your existence is removed? In John Arbuckle's case, he faces a crisis of loneliness that manifests itself in shape and words from the lack of response to his very existence on a website that is dedicated to photoshopping a fat cat from its own cartoon strip, creator Dan Walsh revealed what it's like to be dealing with loneliness and ennui without the aid of a comic foil. Garfield minus Garfield was a webcomic that went deep into the mind of John Arbuckle, the befuddled and isolated owner of the famously grumpy fat cat. Garfield loves lasagna and not much else, and in the reimagined comic, Garfield is notably absent. The absence is intentional and highlights how lonely the secondary character, John Arbuckle, is when he's the only one in the strip. In this version of the comic universe, John realizes that nobody is there for him. Nobody cares. Not even his own cat, who was always in the original version there to mock his owner or insult his intelligence. 
At its height in popularity, more than 300,000 visits were made daily to Garfield minus Garfield. On his own, John is entertained by looking in his freezer to see that the ice cubes have frozen. He puts mustard on his ice cream, toothpaste on his crackers, and wonders if his elbows match with each other. Throughout every panel in the webcomic, the angst is clearly shown in each empty scene of just John by himself. He had wanted to be a cowboy, an action hero. He is not. He worries he has even failed at being a failure. Another strip has John enjoying the view of a cliff before the last frame is nothingness and shows only the momentum of a steep drop. The original would have had Garfield in it, giving John a push. The edited version, John has taken a step off that cliff on his own. In Garfield minus Garfield, John says things like, nobody tells me what to do, as he defiantly thumps his fist on a counter. And the final frame is John with his head down on that same counter, hands clutching his hair in morose sorrow. And I wish they would. I have no idea what I'm doing. Or holding a coffee cup and saying, I've been thinking about things. And the rest just hangs there with no conclusion. Or, every day is just like every other day. My life has been one long day. And that's it. No punchline. One of the readers of Garfield minus Garfield is the cartoonist Jim Davis, who created the original Garfield. Instead of dismissing it or filing a cease and desist, Jim Davis called it an inspired thing to do enabling him to see another side of Garfield. In Garfield minus Garfield, the isolation of John Arbuckle is shaped by the removal of the witticism, cynicism, and comic lines that mark the original. No Garfield, and what's left is a solo character on his own, trying to share his intense but losing battle with loneliness comic characters often originate from a place of solitude and the artists behind them create extensions of what they say through panels and figures drawn in small frames. But whatever the topic and however the artwork is presented in a humorous way, the artists have a hope that through loneliness, even the most solitary comic book character can find an audience to connect with. For Wellington, New Zealand artist Mary Guo, loneliness takes the form of a shy otter who doesn't make eye contact with others. For Tristan Bunn, who is originally from South Africa, he uses a honey badger walking the city streets and going to pubs as his representation of being lonely. And for Isabel Torubia Gortari in Washington, D.C., loneliness is shown in a character who wears a bow in her hair. Petunia has big eyes and a gigantic head, the better to see everything and feel everything that surrounds her, and a tiny body to show that this is one character who is overwhelmed by the world. And I was always a very artistic kid. I grew up drawing, I grew up writing poetry, 
I grew up always like on the artistic side. But Spain was going through an economic crisis and my family encouraged me to study something <laughs> more like solid as they call it there. And I went into law and I studied law and I felt a really big disconnect with myself after four years of doing something that I didn't find rewarding at all. So I was working in Madrid and I was very miserable. I was very lonely. That was one of the most lonely periods in my life. Tarubia Gotari was so lonely after years of studying and doing a job she was uninterested in that she felt completely disconnected. That unhappiness led her to pick up her drawing pen and do something that had once given her joy, but she forced herself to discard, creating art and a character that she could express herself through. And I created Petunia as a way of going back to myself. And in fact, the little black bow that she has represents like the bow of grief, the bow of grief. Like in a way, I was losing someone or I had to say goodbye to someone and I was trying to get back to myself. So she has that little detail there that represents the transition between one version to another. And I created her because I really needed to express how I was feeling, make humor of it, but like it was definitely the way that I could go back to myself after years of feeling very disconnected. The comic book character Petunia that Tarubia Gotari created online in a strip shows how to navigate a big, sometimes overwhelming world when you're like the artist, shy, quiet. Petunia has figured out that if you keep your eyes big and open, it will help you from exploding internally. Her concerns about exposing to the world what it's like to feel overwhelmed and alone kept Tarubia Gotari from drawing and publishing her work when she was in law school. I think it has to do with how comfortable you feel, how vulnerable you feel. I'm not good at concealing how I feel. I'm a very private person, but at the same time, I feel like I'm a very open book. <laughs> so if I put myself out in the internet, I'm not able to hide. I don't say something unless I feel like what I'm saying is true or it has some kind of value. During the pandemic, she took some time off from drawing and posting her comics online, where she has more than 51,000 followers on Instagram. But Tarubia Gortari realized that her character Petunia had many things to share with the outside world that would help others. It's the reason why she thinks comic artists are willing to expose loneliness and isolation. By drawing it, it's a safe way to express it, and there are rewards in giving a shape to those feelings. The reader, the audience, can see the artistic exposure of those internal doubts and fears we all have when we're alone and feeling lonely. Tarubia Gortari says it's the connection with people out there, strangers, which has propelled her from having only her inner world to being able to show it through her character, Petunia. Not everyone has her artistic ability to do this. She now draws almost daily and publishes the inner world of Petunia for others to see. And instead of practicing law, she is finishing her PhD and teaching Spanish. It has to do, I think, 
with how much I feel. I'm a very sensitive person. I process a lot of information. I'm very intuitive and human interaction, which is weird because I'm a teacher and I'm in front of a class every single day <laughs> and I deal with undergrads, which aren't like sometimes the kindest people of earth. And it does take a toll of me, but at the same time, it's very rewarding. But with my art and social media, it's like stepping out on, on the whole universe is connected there. Everyone can see you. You don't really know who they are. The context of social media and the interaction it fosters is very new. Her talent in being able to create art that can be put out there for others to see has given her purpose. It forced her to do something she was afraid to do in the past, draw what she was thinking to see if others had the same thoughts. When Petunia expresses her thoughts on social media, fans from Malaysia, Europe, and the United States and Canada see and read what she says, and they respond. I feel like social media is this ocean of faces, of eyes, of voices. So definitely having a character that doesn't look like me, that is slightly different, helps stepping out into that world. In a way, she's braver than I am. So yeah, that's how I see it. Let's take a quick break. We'll be right back. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. 
From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Two lonely characters, an otter and a honey badger, from different places in the world, can find each other through the pages of a comic book. After artist Mary Guo moved to Wellington, New Zealand, from China, she found herself alone and wondering how to depict that loneliness in a character that was her, but not exactly her. She chose to depict herself as an otter. I want to use an animal from Asia and cute, you know, and look stupid. Obviously, um, there are panda, dogs, and cats, and all that thing. But sometimes, uh, some animals very too common, not not interesting. And some animals too precious, like panda. But I like the look because looks so innocent. But that's why those characters is lonely, and she trying to be an artist. Tristan Bunn, a writer and lecturer in the field of creative technologies, also found himself alone after moving to New Zealand from South Africa. Like the otter from Asia, the honey badger character Tristan associated with also had meaning. I'm from Africa originally, and that's a prolific animal in in that region of the world. So I thought it was a character that that really fit the the character in the story. In that the character in the story just doesn't care. About what people kind of think of him, so I felt I felt that was a good fit. And, and coming back to the last the idea of creating two anthropomorphic comic characters to represent different ways of approaching loneliness led to a collaboration that flourished during the pandemic and the severe lockdowns that happened in New Zealand. Tristan and Mary began working together to create a comic strip. It was one way to relieve the boredom of the pandemic, and it made them realize that they had lots of time on their hands. With those endless hours and days being stuck inside, they could use that time to devote to their creation. There was also a message they wanted others to know: that being alone in the pandemic could spark a creation that others could recognize. Lonely artists about the wordless tales of a honey badger and an otter, as they navigate their worlds alone in a world full of other characters, is now in its third issue. The cover of issue one had the otter and the honey badger on the same street, along with others, but not noticing each other. None of the figures are interacting. The otter character that Mary Guo associates with wants to be noticed. The honey badger that is Tristan Bun's representation isn't interested in what people around him think. Whenever people talk to us about the book and they say they like things, there's kind of two camps of people. There's those people who really appreciate and identify with the otter character, and then there's those people who really appreciate and identify with the honey badger character. So it's quite interesting to see, like, what kind of people warm to which character or which one they like the most. 
Some people tell me that they they can find the similar similarity in both of the characters. They can find themselves like sometimes like Honey Badger, sometimes like Arthur. Yeah. You know, it's all introvert kind of you know personalities, I guess. They weren't planning to make it into a comic book at first, but Tristan and Mary were initially just experimenting with individual comic strips about the daily lives of their creations. Then they began developing the characters and their personalities, and realized that even without words, loneliness could be shown through comic characters as they did things, mundane activities that people could associate with. Going to the pub on their own, attending an art show, and not knowing how to talk to others, even sitting at their desk working on their art. But their collection of little strips grew and began to take form into a longer story. They were posting the strips online, and people were responding. That's when a publisher came to them and said they wanted to publish the series. Making comic strips is fun and it's immediate. Like you can get things together quite quickly. You can get ideas to paper really quickly, and you can see what they look like. Where something that's a bit more long form and and serious is definitely a bigger thing to take on. It's not just a bunch of small little things that you tack together and then you have something at the end. You have to consider it far more carefully at the outset, and you got to think a lot more deeply about what you might be trying to say. They're not sure what form that will take. How to tell the story of loneliness in two characters who circle a world in which they're both part of yet unable to interact using words. The lack of bubbles above the heads of the characters to express in words what they're thinking or feeling were a deliberate artistic decision. Their silence as these characters move from one place to another. In the first two issues, the characters are just going about their everyday lives, sitting in traffic, going to the movies, and seeing it from the perspective of being alone. In the third issue of their comic, Lonely Artists, the characters are immersed in playing video games. The the characters are, are sort of iconoclasts. They're in a society where everyone's thinking a certain way, and they think something different. So. Uh, there, there is definitely sort of isolation and loneliness on that level. Humor is the way in, and humor will always be a part of their artistic collaboration. But in gathering all the little strips together, Mary Guo and Tristan Bunn say there's a bigger story they want to tell. Even when there are others around, there is a lone otter and a lone honey badger in the scene. Not always wanting the spotlight on themselves, but they are there, and in their own comic book, they're at the forefront, even as the world around them doesn't notice. In Lonely Artists, Mary and Tristan use themselves as comic characters to tell others that they are in the background. But even the loneliest of readers can put themselves in scenes, like being stuck in traffic or at the movies on their own. And see a figurative otter or honey badger around them, who are also alone. When censorship arrives, creativity usually goes underground. That's what happened in the 1960s, in response to the Comics Code Authority, a form of self-censorship agreed to by the publishers of comic books. 
1954, a book by Frederick Wortham, a psychiatrist, was published with the seductive title, The Seduction of the Innocent. In the book, Dr. Wortham argued the rise of juvenile delinquency was connected to the rise in comic books, which he believed featured brutal and sadistic activity that promoted, among other things, violence, the glamorization of criminals, racism, bigotry, and the sexual exploitation of women. He concluded that access to comics for children under 14 had to be controlled. In response to the seduction of the innocent, comic book publishers signed the Comics Code Authority to censor themselves. It said, criminals shouldn't be portrayed sympathetically or in a way that would inspire others to imitate them. The police, judges, and government officials and institutions shall only be presented in a way that didn't create disrespect. And so, in every instance, good shall triumph over evil, and criminals had to be punished. It was under the rigid self-imposed form of censorship that the underground comic scene emerged, and distribution of independent, out-of-the-mainstream comics went directly to buyers. It also marked the beginning of comics being done by individuals working on their own. It marked the end of big comic publishing houses and the rise of smaller, independent artists. And over time, the comic code lost its power to dictate content. Graphic novels became popular in the 1980s, and comic book artists became independent freelancers. The journal Economic Geography published a paper by two York University researchers from Toronto. That research found that comic book artists often work in isolation, but participate from time to time in social activities that are necessary for their creative work. Sales were market-driven when comic books were mass-produced, and the work was supervised with vertically integrated firms, the researchers wrote. A colorist of one project described just how dispersed the work is to create a comic. It was penciled and inked in Spain, forwarded in New York for editorial approval, went next to Hawaii for the color guide, and after that to San Francisco, where the colorist worked on it. It was then sent back to New York for further editorial approval, before finally being sent to a printer in Alabama. To make a comic book, it takes people working on their own and getting together. Many professional comic artists today work on bigger projects that involve multiple talents, writers, colorists, and letterers, all specialists who contribute separately to make a comic book. But then, on their own, many artists work on their own comic, their own creation, and their own character, making something that has meaning to them alone. Despite working on their own in dispersed locations and in isolation, the individual comic book artists and creators are able to address specific sub-markets. When comic book artists like Mary Guo and Tristan Bunn and Isabel Torubia Gortari create using their own lived experiences and their own specialized skills, what emerged were topics they were interested in stories about loneliness and isolation. And those individual stories connected to others, tens of thousands of readers, 
each time they posted their comics online. By telling their own story about being alone, they found their audience. To remove Garfield from his own self-titled comic strip, it takes creator Dan Walsh just five minutes a day to doctor the artwork. He doesn't add in anything. He just erases the cat, the dog Odie, and any other character like Nermal and roommate Lyman. The result of this deconstructed comic strip left one remaining character, John Arbuckle, by himself, often talking and acting and staring into the abyss. It makes us imagine, was Garfield and all those others just a figment of the imagination of a lonely individual who has to make up another character to insult him in order to have someone, anyone, there? Filling in those spaces are artists who use their characters to tell the readers there is someone there inside a strip of comics who has a story to share that is recognized by others. Creators like Mary Guo, Tristan Bunn, and Isabel Terubia Gortari found themselves with more time during the pandemic. That led them to become more inspired. Being isolated and alone provided them with creative ideas about how to tell their stories, and they drew in frames the characters who represented them and the way they saw a world that seems overwhelming at times, uncaring and without room or space for those on their own. Comic books generate an interpersonal world between readers and the creators, not an impersonal one. Personal meetings occur at local comic book stores where creators can meet fans and at comic book conventions and online with readers from anywhere in the world because the language of loneliness doesn't need to be spoken when a character's existence is enough. Comic book artists need long periods of time and solitude when they aren't interrupted in order to create. And in those periods of isolation, their lived experiences and the way they see the world takes form in pencil, then color. They draw characters and give them form and personality, visually giving a shape to loneliness that neatly fits into a square frame and speaks directly to their audience of one. We may be alone, but we are alone together. Alone Together was directed by Callie O'Reilly. Sound engineer is Jeff Devine. Theme music, Ari Posner and Ian Lefevre. Our producers are Allison Pinches and Guillermo Serrano. My name is Peg Fong. I'm the host and writer. And if you like this episode, we think you might enjoy another episode on the Apostrophe Network. The show is called We Regret to Inform You, The Rejection Podcast. And the episode is Rejecting Charles Schultz from Season 2. Follow us on social at Apostrophe Pod. This series is executive produced by Terry O'Reilly.
Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com.